Welcome to the Virtual Campfire. My name is Sydney Williams, author and founder of Hiking My Feelings, and I'm so glad that you're here. The Virtual Campfire started as a replacement for what we were missing on the trail during the pandemic in 2020. We wanted to be sharing stories and listening to music and having conversations about hard topics at the end of a long day, shared in some of the most beautiful places in the world. In the absence of that, the Virtual Campfire was born and 50 something episodes later, we're still here. And this season, we're doing things a little bit differently. Over the course of the next few episodes, we're going to be sharing stories from people who have been through our 12-week online program called Blaze Your Own Trail to Self-Love. Now, if you've been watching the virtual campfire or listening to the podcast from the beginning, you'll know that this program was launched after our initial 20 episodes of the virtual campfire. This program took everything that we had planned to do on the road in 2020 on my book tour through the U.S. and Canada, workshops, retreats, overnights, group hikes, all of those things, and put them into a 12-week program that was available online so we could stay connected during the pandemic. Now we are getting ready to start our fourth class of this program on August 21st, and we couldn't think of a better way to get people hyped up about it, bring awareness to what we're doing, and share the stories of how this program has impacted real human lives than to bring on some of the people that have been through the program themselves. So I hope you have a nice comfortable seat. I hope you have a beverage of choice, maybe a cozy blanket, maybe a journal. You never know what you're going to hear that you might want to jot down. So have a seat, sit back, relax, unless you're driving, then <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. But we hope you enjoy the virtual campfire. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome everybody to the virtual campfire. My name is Sydney Williams. I am your host, author and founder of Hiking My Feelings. And today I am really, really excited to have Miss Michelle Zelenskis with us today. Michelle is a member of the Hiking My Feelings community. She has been instrumental in like pointing us in the direction of grant opportunities. She went through Blaze Your Own Trail in 2021. She came back this year as a student hybrid facilitator. She's been to Hike and Heal Catalina. She's been to Hike and Heal Joshua Tree. So Michelle has been through like all the things we offer and is getting more and more involved in the organization and supporting the community as we go. So today we're going to be talking about Michelle's journey, how she got here, what brought her to Hiking My Feelings. One of her favorite activities in the program this week, we're talking about limiting beliefs, where they come from, what they are, how we can reframe them, all the good things. So you have so much to look forward to to chat with, uh, or we have so much to look forward to in chatting with Michelle. I'm gonna stop yapping about it because you're right here. For anybody that doesn't know you, let's do an introduction. Where are you from? Uh, who are you? What do you do with your time? And then we'll go from there. Awesome. I'm so excited to finally be doing this. Is this like the virtual campfire or is this something different? This is the virtual, virtual campfire. campfire. Yeah. The virtual campfire. So I'm famous. Um, <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I'm also um, Hiking My Feelings biggest fan woman, I think. Um, I'm so, so happy to be part of this community. Um, I live here in San Diego, same place as Sydney and Barry. 
And um, I, I found Hiking My Feelings in 2020 in the midst of a pretty tough time for me. Um, it was around summertime, around my birthday in August. And I was just going through some, some hard things, um, sort of depression coming back at me. Um, but my friend gifted me Sydney's book, Hiking My Feelings. And at first I was like, this is the best book I've ever, best gift I've ever received because my friend knew me so well and knew that the book would be perfect for me. But then as I was reading, I like figured out you were from San Diego and like you were describing the first hike you did in San Diego. And I was like, yes, that's Stonewall Peak. I did that hike. That's like one of my favorite hikes. Uh, find out that you launched a nonprofit to really spread the joy and, um, what, what you learned about yourself. And I'm just so happy to be following along and participating and meeting a lot of awesome, awesome people. Um, I guess to backtrack a little bit about myself, um, I am from the East Coast, from Virginia most recently, um, moved to San Diego in 2019, right before COVID pretty much. Um, so it was a tough finding a community here with um, people not meeting each other anymore. Um, I have worked in the environmental field uh, for about eight years, went to grad school for that as well, and um, was mostly focused on the corporate side, um, helping companies with their climate change mitigation strategies. So I was doing that a lot. Um, and then I just got burnt out from that role um, and ended up taking some time off to sort of um, decompress, figure out what I wanted to do. And um, since then, I decided that that wasn't the career for me. Uh, being behind a computer wasn't for me. I guess this hour is okay, but I was done spending eight hours behind a computer screen. Um, so now here I am in San Diego, really exploring my interests, um, volunteering at multiple awesome organizations, including Hiking My Feelings and just um, living my life the way I actually want to live it. What, what? I wish I had like the air horn. Mur, 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 mur. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so your introduction to Hiking My Feelings started as somebody gifting you to the book. You read the book. You're like, oh my God, I've been here. I feel like I know this person, her story. I see my story in it. This is wild. How did you find out about Blaze Your Own Trail to Self-Love? And what was the thing that like, jumped out at you the most as something that you wanted to experience and ultimately like what led you to signing up for the program yeah um so i guess i found out about blaze your own trail just through i think at the end of the book you like link to your website and so i went to your website i was like how can i meet this person does she live in san diego like i want to see what's up um and then saw the blaze your own that seems really cool also really scary because I have a lot of social anxiety and meeting people is really hard for me opening up to people super hard um so I think um back in 2020 you had like an open house type thing um for the last class before me and invited sort of anyone to come in and uh, sit in on that so I did come to that and um I was just blown away by how open and supportive everyone was on that call. It was a Zoom call. Um, 
people were so vulnerable and it was sort of the, the end of the program for them. So I could tell how much and how well they knew each other. Um, and I was just like, I can't wait to be part of this next time. I was still terrified, but I was like, these people did it. I can do it too. And I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. So let's talk about your first time through the program. So you were in our class 2021. So it was the beginning of last year. Um, what, and I mean, like, obviously we're going to talk about limiting beliefs, but what was as a first time participant, what was some of the stuff that you just absolutely loved about the program? Like what really made an impact for you that is still kind of like sticking around in your head today? Yeah. Um, ultimately, I think overall, the sense of community that I got from it was had the biggest impact on me. Um, the just the safe supportive space where people were encouraged to be open there's no judgment whatsoever people were basically your biggest fan cheering you on and um like just i could say things that i never would say to anyone else just being afraid of being judged or being ashamed of it um and i could also talk about my dreams which maybe i thought were silly before um and like selfish um, so that, that was the biggest thing. Um, the other great thing I got from BYOT was towards the beginning of the program. It was all about sort of discovering your own inner child um, and just going back to both what you've been through, the hard stuff, the good stuff, and then just sort of trying to pin down like who is that really authentic person inside of you, the person that was like carefree as a kid. And um, it had been a really long time since I had been there. So it was great to get back to that. I love it. Well, let's dig right into the activity that frankly, like was one of the reasons that I think you were interested in joining as a facilitator on this last class, um, which is limiting beliefs. So in the program, we've uh, kind of rearranged some of the modules. The first two classes we did, it was a lot up front and we kind of spread it out this this third class. And so I think uh, limiting beliefs has been hands down some of the biggest work I've done for myself. And I first learned about limiting beliefs and like the term limiting beliefs by reading a book by a psychologist, psychiatrist named uh, Gay Hendricks. And he talks about the upper limiting problem and how like he, the, the most beautiful, I'm a sucker for a visual, the most beautiful metaphor that he gives in the book is talking about when, when we're thinking about like our upper limits and how limiting beliefs feeds into that. Thinking of upper limits is like, we have this thermostat of our life and we get like, we have like a set point, like we have a comfy temperature, maybe it's like 70 degrees and we'll have like the best day ever. Like you go and like, you wake up, you go paddle boarding, you find like, you go to a coffee joint and somebody behind you buys the coffee for you. And then you like, go to lunch. It's like the most nutritious, delicious meal you've ever had. The sunset's spectacular. You go home, you pick a fight with your partner or your roommate or something, or you, or you like self-sabotage in some way. After such a great day, we like hit this limit of like the amount of joy we allow in our lives. And we're so uncomfortable when things are awesome that we like deploy some kind of wild tactic that has worked for us in the past to like knock us down a peg and be like, hey, hey, pump the brakes on the joy. Um, so limiting beliefs are these things that we've internalized as our truth. I, when we first, when I first started doing this work, I found that 
the beliefs that I had internalized as my truth kind of came from like one of two sources. One was like, it's somebody with a tremendous amount of authority. And it's like somebody that you just trust inherently. So like parents, teachers, coaches, really close friends and family, somebody could say something and you're like, oh, well, if dad says it, it must be true or like repeated exposure. And for me, that was like, if somebody had said it to me about me enough times, like if somebody's gonna take this much time out of their life, then this must be true about me. And since I've left my marketing career as like marketing as the sole focus, I realized that was a lot of it for me too, was like, oh, shoot. Um, I, I am like perpetuating frequent messaging that is selling things to people that they don't need, that they don't want, that's not making the world a better place. My career is literally creating limiting beliefs. How can I turn this around and use these skills for good? So limiting beliefs are like this internal soundtrack where we just like talk smack to ourselves before we even give ourselves a chance to like go fully explore an idea. And when I was talking to you about coming back through the program and if you wanted to repeat it and you're like, I do. And also I've been through some other stuff and I went through a really great group program that had like all these worksheets. So we had like, now we have, you're creating extra resources based on things that have worked for you. And we're really like, Michelle, like just to reflect it back to you, I'm on a little bit of a monologue here, but like to reflect this back to you, my vision for Blaze Your Own Child of Self-Love, my vision for Hiking My Feelings is to one, help people find the value in their story, unlearn some of the bad stuff that we were taught as youngsters and you know even as adults and start to kind of write our lives the way we wanna live them and give opportunities for people that have been through the program to get involved in the program and then like build their own thing if they want. And you're one of the first people that is like, hey, this really impacted me. Cause like, I'm, I'm asking after every class, I'm like, who wants to help? And everybody's like, yeah, me. And I'm like, where are you at? <laughs> and so you were one of the first people where you were like, this is an activity that really resonated with me so much so that it was challenging. And I didn't back down. I went and got more help. And I'd like to bring these extra resources that kind of tie the clinical therapy side of things with this like hippie woo woo stuff that Sydney's doing and like really bring it all together. So one, thank you for being yourself, for not backing down when things got hard for like really leaning in and finding more resources but also for being willing to share that with the group and bring additional things to the group to help dive into some of these harder concepts so now that i'm off my soapbox and i love you thank you um what was it initially about limiting beliefs where you were like oh god (laughs) (laughs) um well the first reaction was like oh my God, other people have this problem too. Um, So I was like, okay, maybe it's solvable. Um, But really it forced me to really look at sort of the negative soundtrack that I had in my head just over and over and over and like the self-sabotage that I was a queen of um, and just decide to do something about it, decide to talk to myself in a different way. that was really hard for me to do. Um, I think in, in the program, like Sydney is like the queen of reframes. Like she's so freaking good at it. Um, so she'll take a negative thought and she'll just like put the best spin on it. The spin is totally true. Like, it's not like she's making anything up. It's true. But like, for me, um, it was hard for me to believe like, really awesome things about myself even if they were true just because it was like 
so different than like the negative beliefs. Like one of my sort of core negative beliefs is like, I'm a lazy person. Like, and that was just drilled into me from my family from a really young age. And now I know I'm the opposite of a lazy person. Like I've worked really hard all my life and I try to help wherever I can, um, but it sort of creeps back in. Um, so this sort of limiting beliefs activity um, really came up for me again when I um, started a therapy program, a cognitive behavioral therapy program um, in San Diego. And one of the core sort of principles of that program is that um, your thoughts sort of influence your feelings, which then influence your behavior. So if you can change your thoughts, then you can sort of stop that like self-sabotage behavior. Um, and so this was just building on this resource that I had started with Blaze Your Own Trail. And it gave me a really logical structure to um, sort of uh, have a written exercise to sort of present evidence and facts to myself that sort of disprove my negative belief about myself and then help you like reframe it to something that's more positive, but that's actually believable to you. And it's, if you do that over and over and over and over and over and over, you start to believe it and it's true. So that's like hugely changed my life. And so I just wanted to come back to BYOT and be a part of, of that uh, exercise and share some of the resources I learned with other people. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things, like as this community grows, as this program grows, like I love facilitating it. And I do this program. We're doing it twice this year because I was like, one, we should. And two, every time I host this program, I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Like, I, I mean, like I, I'd love to say that it's all extrinsically motivated. This is my way of giving back, but it's like, to be completely honest and selfishly, I created these programs and I facilitate these programs because I'm still doing this work and like this work doesn't end. And I think that's one of the things, like I'll say it, I've probably said it every episode of this little uh, 12 episode stint that we're doing that's specifically about BYOT to get ready for our next class on August 21st is that the awareness is the work and sometimes we just have to come back to it and revisit it. And that's one of the greatest things that I've unlearned is that like you do it once and then it's over. That's cute. Like that used to be a <laughs> tremendous source of frustration when I was healing because I'd be like, I learned this lesson. Like as recently as when we were in Maine this, this past winter, I had a really hard time with the dissolution of a friendship. And it was, it was like a six week period where I was just like in the dumps. And there was one day where I was like having a moment and Barry was sitting there with me and we were talking about it. And then I got up and I was like, I have been doing the work to not feel these feelings. And this is ridiculous. And then I like got up, stormed into the bathroom. And like, right as I entered the bathroom, I can see the mirror. And I looked at myself and I was like, you're pretty like, that's not how this works. <laughs> and so I think that that's one of the things that like, I like to reiterate for people time and time again, including myself is like, I've been collecting and creating these tools and techniques and different like exercises to help us process stuff and help myself process stuff for 15 years. Like there's no possible way. Well, actually, I don't want to say there's no possible way. I'm not going to like impose that on somebody, but like, I want to meet the person. 
that comes through BYOT, does every activity on time in the program, turns in homework and is like, and now I'm done healing. I'll never see you again. Like, that's not how this works. And so I, I like to share that one, because like, as the leader of this, I, I'm the leader of a community. I'm a facilitator of a program, but like, I don't have this all figured out and I'm still doing this for myself to learn how to keep doing it. So I love that you were like open to repeating. I love that you brought more resources with you. And I'm curious in the time that you spent with the group and hosting office hours and joining in on some of the calls, have you discovered any new limiting beliefs in this next round of facilitation? Or were you able to just kind of like take a pause on that and, and sit back and like observe how far you've come on the ones that you already had? Or maybe it was a combination of both. It was totally a combination of both. Um, I think, well, I was at a much different place in my life the second time around than the first time. Um, the first time around, I was still working at my job. I was slowly and steadily burning out. And the second time, it had been a few months since I had left. I was like getting treatment for my depression. I was really taking care of myself for the first time and putting myself first. Um, so I was in a much different space there. Um, and I think sort of the limiting beliefs that I focused on were a little bit different the second time around. Um, I think the second time around, I was more trying to get rid of like the fear of judgment that I've had my whole life, um, especially from my family and just like fear of abandonment and if I, if I don't live up to what they want from me, then I'm worthless. Like, so that's what I was beaten down. Um, and you know what? I just visited my family last week and it was awesome. Like we didn't talk about like any of the things that I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> like we just had good boundaries and we had a good time with each other. So I'm really proud of myself for, for making that progress. And as you should be, oh my gosh, that's a wonderful update. And to be able to identify what those boundaries are and then establish them and have them respected. Beautiful, like dream life stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. So when you think about your journey as it pertains to your healing inside and outside of a hiking my feelings program and environment when you were thinking about leaving your job because this is a hot topic right now like humongous um they're calling it the great resignation people are wanting to work remote we're not standing for no bs no more we need to be taken care of were there any limiting beliefs that came up around the decision to leave and if so what were they and with that, what kind of tools or techniques did you use to move through that and eventually arrive at the decision to leave and prioritize your mental health? And I want you to go into as much or as little detail as you want, because this right now could be a roadmap that somebody needs to step into the next healthiest chapter of their life. So like take the floor, get inspired, tell people what they need to hear, like whatever you feel called to share. This is a really important topic. And I know that it's been a huge, huge shift for you in a really positive way to be able to create the space to have this time to examine your mental health and really prioritize it the way you're doing now. Yeah. Um, it was honestly one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Um, 
I had been with the same organization for eight years, pretty much my entire adult career. Um, I had moved up in the ranks. I was in senior management. Um, people depended on me. Um, so there were a lot of beliefs in there about um, if, if I leave, I'm letting my team down. I'm like leaving, leaving the rest of the, my team to the wolves, basically. They're not gonna have support. Like, who am I really if I don't have my job? Like, what good am I? What am I, what am I providing to society? Um, so there's a lot of that that came up. There was also fear. Um, would my husband be okay with this change? Like, it was sort of always expected that we would continue. Um, we both always have a job and we wouldn't ever sort of be in this place where maybe someone's not working or is looking for something else. Um, so I was pretty much at rock bottom and I really had to step back and say, like, if I don't make this decision now, then um, I'm just, my depression is just going to continue. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Um, but what really helped me, I think, was um, my, my friendships and definitely some of the people I met through Hiking My Feelings, including you, Sydney. Like, your journey of saying no to corporate and prioritizing yourself, like, I don't really think I had, had an example of that before. Definitely not, like, a real-life person that I'm friends with. Um, so having that example really helped. And then luckily my HR, um, manager was extremely supportive and she was really, she put people first above the organization. So she was like, do what you need to do. Um, and that, that made it a lot easier, but I know not everyone's going to have that. And I think you just got to remember like, the company or whatever it is, it's always going to put itself first above you. So there's no reason why you shouldn't put yourself first. I love that. And that couldn't be more true. Like of all the truths we've already spoken on this interview today, capital T on that one. Yeah. And I think that that's something like everything, like I heard a lot of things that I also considered when I was getting ready to leave was especially around the part about like, I'm leaving my team in the lurch. They're not going to have support. And like, that might be true, but whose fault is that? Like, it's not your fault. It's not, it's not your fault that you're overworked and burned out. Like that's, that's a condition of the environment that you found yourself in. And, and now you're actively taking steps to remedy that. That's good. And the part about who am I without my job? Mm. Let's talk about that one because that's a big one. I, for me, Cause I came from like agency communications, corporate marketing. Like I've talked about my measuring stick and how in the world that I grew up in career wise, like everything was measured in the hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars raised or people at events or impressions or clicks or comments or whatever. And I was, I found myself immensely frustrated when we first started hiking my feelings, because I wasn't seeing the same results. I was like, I'm working just as hard as I did in corporate on these epic campaigns. What's the problem? And I was like, oh, well, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to fuel this mission. Okay. Like that, that might be some of it. So what was, what was like, what was your, how did your career tie into your identity before you quit? 
And like, did that, how did you introduce yourself? Like, how deep did that go? And then what has it been like? And what was the adjustment like? And are you still adjusting to what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, I'm still adjusting. Let's start with that. Um, but I think my, my identity was always tied to my achievements, whether it be in school and then after school, it just led into the career. Um, that was my yardstick for, am I doing life right? Like, um, and I decided to go the nonprofit route ever since college. Um, I always entered at nonprofits, um, and then I took a job. Um, because I know I knew I like wanted I wanted to make a difference I didn't want to be making money for a company honestly um, so I felt like I was answering answering my calling in that, that way by working for an organization whose mission I believed in like climate change is extremely scary I think it's the most pressing issue of our generation um, and it still is, even though I'm not working directly in it. Um, but, um, you know, there are other ways I can help people that maybe don't rely on all the schooling and background I've gotten. Um, and that that was really the hardest part is I spent so much time um, through school getting my degree and then sort of building up my on the job experience in this like very small niche where I was getting to the point where I was seen as an expert in that field. So giving that up was really hard. Um, going back to sort of the beginning, like exploring new interests and not knowing everything um, and basically having no clue. <laughs> um, so that's, that's a tough part, but you also have to reframe it to be, um, like an exciting opportunity. Like you can be curious about what is out there. Like you don't have to be limited to a certain field because you have a master's degree in X, Y, Z. Like you can do whatever you want. Um, so that's, that's how I'm going from here. Oh, I dig it. All right, so couple questions. Number one, aside from limiting beliefs because that's like our favorite module, what, activity or activities or components of the program and if you need to divide this into categories because you're like me that's fine um what what has stuck out to you and what has been something that has helped you in these times of like uncertainty like what are the tools that you're continuing to draw on after having gone through the program yeah um that's that's a good one i think yeah, limiting beliefs is, is really important. I think the there's another module on um, communication and it's basically about standing up for yourself in the way that you speak. Um, and I have struggled a lot with assertive communication. I've been terrified of it my whole life. And like BYOT was sort of my first introduction to how to do that and that it wasn't a bad thing. And I learned a lot more about it in therapy. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest tools. Um, another one was, I'm not sure which module this was, but it's maybe the halfway point where we sort of pick a goal and set it as we're working towards for the rest of the program. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's good to have that accountability, like you're sharing that goal with the rest of the group. Um, so 
speaking it out loud gives it power, gives you accountability. And then also just like breaking it down into something that's actually achievable, like in, in the eight weeks that you have left in the program. And then you can think bigger outside of that. But um, it's really cool to see how far you can come um, during that time. And then also be there to witness other people's growth. Um, that it's just so cool. And it just makes your day. It really does. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of addicting. I think that's why I like to host yeah. this program because like, it's nice to know it's nice to see people have like the light bulb moments. And it's really nice to see, especially with the repeaters, because we had a bunch of people repeat from last year to this year. It's really nice to see how far people have come, yourself included. Like it's, it's one of the most rewarding things as the person who founded the organization, but also just as a member of this community to know and to see people like, I love like the first class where people are like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And like, if it's safe to share. And then people are like, oh my God, let me tell you all my stuff and help me through it. Like, it's just, it's so cool to see people leave the masks at the door and not like the literal masks that we have to wear for COVID, but like the mom mask or the professional mask or the wife mask, like where you can just show up and be Michelle and I can show up and be Sydney and sometimes that's fun and sometimes it's sad but that's part of being human and I love I just love and this is like a friend factory frankly like every time we have this class like people make new friends I make new friends everything's great so okay so assertive communication be your own editor week seven that is the that's the impetus for learning how we speak about stuff and that I'm doing uh for that uh episode is Cindy Early who is just like total legend when it comes yeah. to this stuff and like her transformation of like I just think of Cindy as like she was kind of like curmudgeonly when she first started and she was like uncertain and a little bit skeptical and now she's just like okay this works and I'm here for it like yes yeah. sign me up I'm I will be a repeater for life so good and uh Lori Sweets also on that line not sure. I uh we're on her episode we're talking about uh something different entirely uh face your fears but um man just wild so okay is there anything that i haven't asked or anything that since we've been talking you're like oh i want to make sure people know this or i want to share this that's the end of the question that sounded <laughs> like i was still going i'm not i'm done <laughs> yeah um I guess we haven't talked about it on this episode. I know, I know we've talked about it before, but um, just like, don't be intimidated about like the intensity of the program. Like you can really take, take what you need from it. And if you can't show up for the, all the meetings, that's okay. If you can't go through all the exercises, like they're there for you to continue later on. Like the first time I did it, I pretty much only got through week three in terms of the, like activities because I was just diving so deep into the map of life and the facing your fears and the limiting beliefs that like I needed a year <laughs> to do that stuff. I'm still doing it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to rejoin the program to like go sort of more onto the next part about setting your goals and, and working towards those. So um, yeah, you don't, don't feel like you're failing if, if you can't can't get to it all. Um, and if you have a busy schedule, like it's still worth it, I would say. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a good point too. And we kind of alluded to it earlier, like over the last 15 years, I've been compiling the things that now make up a 12 week program. Like it's, it's, 
it's not my expectation. And if it was, it would be an unrealistic expectation to think that people can go through and do all the activities in time. Like, frankly, I tried to do that. Like, it just doesn't work. Um, but that's one of the things that I love about this program and this community is like, we've got folks that they very rarely share, but they come to every meeting and they might not ever turn their video on. They might not ever have anything to contribute, but afterwards they're like, I wasn't there to share today, but man, I glad I came because like, yeah. even just listening to other people and knowing I'm not alone was enough to like, pick me up out of the funk I was in before the call. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. And that's a really good reflection. All right. Last one. If you had a magic wand and with this magic wand, you can use it on yourself. You can use it on the world. You can use it on other people, however you want to do it. Um, this magic wand can do whatever you want it to. So it can immediately deposit knowledge into everybody's brains, or it could stop shitty behaviors that are making this world a difficult place to live in. You can use this on the government. You can use it on society. You can use it on whatever you want. So what would you do with your magic wand and how would you or whoever you're um, using it for or on behalf of benefit? Um, I'm going to try to go as broad as possible so I can get as many good things as I can out of it. Um, I would say I would bop people with the ability to really empathize with others and think outside of their own wants and needs. And I think that would solve most problems in the world. I, yes, I like your broad stroke and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs more compassion and empathy. Let's turn it on. I should never sing. This is awful. Um, okay. So uh, that was my last question. Now your call to action for anybody that's listening that is like, okay, I've sat through a couple of these episodes now. I'm kind of feeling like maybe this is something I want to do, but I also don't want to sign up for something that's going to affirm that I needed this experience. Cause that was a big breakthrough for me was like, I got to a point, it was like 23 of my friends died in a span of four years. I had been through an assault, but I hadn't even really acknowledged it yet. Like I had experienced so much. And when I had access to therapy, I was terrified of it. When I was ready for therapy, I couldn't afford it. And when I signed up for a group program, I was like, this is really cool. And also I think I want to keep this to myself because I don't want other people I know to show up to this and hear about all my stuff. So if there's people that are on the fence that are listening and they're like, I'm really into it, but what's your reframe for the, but what do you tell them? Um, oh man, no, no buts about it. I mean, yeah, like, put yourself first, like the, you're never going to get over your fear unless you just take a leap. Um, and like I said, you, it's, it's to the level that you want to participate. So you can get a lot out of it just by tuning in and listening, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and if you only get through trail of life and you never do another exercise while we're in the program, but 10 years from now, you're like, yeah, it's time for me to make a vision board. Like I, I got a vision, I'm ready to do it. Like there, these tools, I, I, this is designed the way that Barry taught me how to skydive and that there's a lot of information. It's all important and it will all be useful. And Barry and I met 12 years ago next month. There are still times in my life where I hear little Barryisms in the back of my head. And my hope is that even if you just sit through all of the calls and you never share, 
but, or you read through all the modules and you, and you don't do the activities that at some point down the road, you're like, I have just a thing for this. Yeah. Like I, 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 there's a resource. Sydney mentioned a book. Michelle gave a worksheet. Like there's something, or you're like, I don't know if there's something about this, but I know a community that can help us out. I know some, I know that there's somebody somewhere within the hiking, my feelings family, that's going to be online on the network. If I post right now, I'll at least get a heart on it to know I'm not alone yep. and maybe I'll get some good advice. So yep. <laughs> yes. All right. I love it. Um, Michelle, I am so ready for this program to just like explode with new faces and new people that are just like ready to jump in and want to like really live their best life. And that would not be possible without your support and your participation and your leadership as a person who has been through the program and then was like, I'm into it. Let's step it up. Couldn't do this without you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Your time is valuable. Um, thank you for all the contributions you make to this community. And if there's one thing that I think I admire the most about you, it is your willingness to feel fear and maybe talk yourself through it, but then ultimately go do it anyway. Cause I have not met an opportunity that has been presented to you that you haven't made work and that you haven't gone after with full intensity. So like you're an inspiration. That's why I like having you around. And also you're really nice and smart and funny. Um, but thank you for being here. And thank you for being such an integral part of this community. We literally could not do what we do without you, whether that's pointing us in the right direction of grants or just showing up and going on hikes with us or, or raising money for the organization. Like you've done it all and, and we love you tremendously. So thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And especially what you just said that what you admire about me, I just want to say I was terrified of this interview. I was like, why did I agree to this? Oh my gosh. I was trying to push myself outside my boundaries, but why? Um, but yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, you did. And you crushed it. All right. So for anybody that's listening, if you like this episode, wherever you're seeing it, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment, tell Michelle how dope she is. If you're listening on some podcast platform, leave a review, tell Michelle how dope she is because she just did it. This is Michelle is embodying everything that like that admission of like, I don't know why I signed up for this podcast interview, which is literally just a conversation with Sydney on zoom. Like the fact that you still have the fears, you identified them and then you showed up and we just crushed this interview is like a living, breathing example of what is possible when you commit to yourself and showing up for yourself. So thank you yeah. for being a mirror for everybody that's listening. Oh, thank you, Sydney. I love you so much. I love you too. All right, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you later. If you're curious about how to make your next hike a bit more mindful, visit hikingmyfeelings.org slash subscribe to download our free trail thoughts worksheets.